Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And I just realized that my chair is way low and I don't know why. Oh, I like it like that. No, it's weird. Oh, well, thank you, Randy. <laughs> uh, so today uh, we're going to be talking about what the Bible has to say about loneliness. Yeah. And I want to dig into that a little bit. But first, we're going to go have a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, Randall. So today we're going to be talking about loneliness and what the Bible has to say about that. As I've talked to people, there are a considerable number of people out there that that are feeling lonely. They're they're feeling kind of left out. They don't know what to do about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty miserable feeling. Oh, man. Yeah. And I think we've all been there a million times, right? No matter how many people are around us, there are times Uh that we feel lonely. I'm glad you said that Yeah, because I wanted to talk about that. Maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah, let's start there then. That loneliness is not just a positional matter, right? And that's how we generally think about it is that it's, am I in close position to other people? Right. When I am far from other people and I am just me and there are no other people around, I'm lonely, right? And that's one way of looking at it. You're alone. You don't necessarily have to be lonely. Right. But I think you I, I think that can oh, be a cause of loneliness, it's, right? It's oh definitely. And I think I think it's one aspect of loneliness because I yeah. think the other aspect of loneliness is a mental loneliness. Yeah. That like you said, even when you're in the midst of a lot of people, you can you feel can lonely. Be lonely. Yeah. Right. Right. Especially like uh the the thing that kind of got called to mind for me on these was the Psalms of David. Yeah. That David often is probably not alone, right? Like he's a king. You know, there are times when he definitely was, like he, when he's on the run from Saul and stuff. But even then he had his men with him. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like he wasn't alone. Right. But but he, he was felt lonely. lonely. He felt he, abandoned. He felt like there was nobody on his side, right? Psalm twenty five sixteen. turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. Well, for Pete's sakes, the guy's a king. He's always going to have people around him. But that doesn't determine how you feel. Right. What? Wait, what, you said Psalm 25? 16, yeah. Yep, that was the, that was the one that came to mind for me. Okay. Uh, the other one that came to mind for me was Psalm 57. And 
it's not – he doesn't ever mention being lonely. He never says that. But he talks about all the men around him that are like – they're like lions. He says, I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Well, everything he just said there wasn't like fearing for his life. He wasn't saying the guys around him are trying to kill him. And eat him. <laughs> yeah. He said the men around him, their tongues are like swords, as in like the words that they say cut through yeah, him, yeah. that he's attacked. He is put on the defense. He feels that there is no one on his side. And that can make you feel lonely. Exactly. The way people treat you. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that you've got a bunch of passages laid out over there. I'm I curious what do, you got. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 68, 6, God settles the lonely in a home. He brings prisoners out into prosperity. So loneliness is something that scripture fairly frequently talks about. It's not like it's, you know, number two or three, but but you don't have to look far to find examples of people who are lonely, who express their loneliness to the Lord. I got a bunch more here, but... Uh, no, I'm curious. You want to you yeah, get into it? Because honestly, like, I, I kind of want to focus on one story that I really think exemplifies okay. uh, loneliness okay. in an interesting way. But yeah, uh, And yeah. I didn't think about it until about 15 minutes ago. So I don't know how hashed out this is. I wonder if we're going to hit the same story. Because uh, I had one story that just stuck out to me too. Well, maybe it's if, if we different. do, that's yeah. a God thing. So yeah. let's see what happens. Well, first time loneliness is mentioned in the Bible, uh, Genesis chapter two, and this comes at the end. This comes after Genesis chapter one, where at the end of every day but one, I think the Lord looks at what He's created and He says, "It's good. It's good." And yeah. He says again and again, "It's good." He comes to the end of the sixth day and He looks at everything everything now. And he says, it is very good. Then you come to Genesis 2, verse 18, and God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Yeah. I'm going to create Eve. Yes. I'm going to create a helpmeet for him. Yes. Well, that's that's significant. A Adam was alone. And God looked at that and he said, in the midst of all of the good that we have going on here, this isn't. Let's get real philosophical here for a second, if you'd like. <laughs> Do you think Adam knew he was alone? Boy, that's a good question. You know, like like maybe Adam like Adam didn't even know that anything was missing. You know, if I had to guess, right? Because he doesn't even know that there's other people at that point. I wonder because uh, now I've, I've, I'll be honest with you. I've done, uh, I've done a presentation on this in Columbia, not loneliness, but something totally different. As soon as God says, it's not good that man is alone. Then he calls Adam and he says, name all the beasts, right? which is strange. Right. Why tell Adam? I mean, was God out of his creative juices or, or what? <laughs> and, and no, of course not. That's not what it was. He was trying to prove a point to Adam. So he brings everything, everything. in front of him. And the everything that he brings in front of him, uh, there's a male and there's a female. There's a bull and a cow. There's uh, 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 a, a, a dog and a female dog. 
there's you know a a, a gorilla and a female gorilla there's, right, right, you know right. everything has male and female mm. and That's when he finishes he says okay adam what do you think anybody anything there that you want to be your helpmeet and adam kind of says well no no everybody has their counterpart but me and god says ah now you got it now you got it that's so interesting let me put you to sleep and when you wake up adam looks at her and says whoa man <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you slide on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually from So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's one of his little uh, his little uh, poetry things, His little right? poetry things yeah. when a guy's playing trumpet behind him. and. <laughs> so – that's super interesting. And I've never, honestly, I've never thought of this. Um, but like, that means like the, the first thing God wanted to show to Adam was how valuable Eve was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, like uh, Christianity gets a real name for being this like, uh, patriarchy driven, misogynistic. Thing, misogynistic. Yeah. And it's like, the very not. first thing God teaches Adam is how much he needs Eve. Yes, yes. You know and, I mean? <laughs> and to boot, every animal of the field, God took dust. He took mud and he made the horse and he made uh, the female horse. Hmm. Not with Adam. No, she came from Adam. He took part of Adam's body. Part of Adam's body, which had the breath, which had the the image of God born into yes, it. You know? Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. Whereas none of the beasts of the field were the image of God. Yeah, so they were made that's to be together. And, and and more so. I mean, and here's the thing: you could take this and you could turn it into a, a you know need for marriage talk, and I don't think that's what's happening here. I think the necessity is people need people. People need to be – we image bearers of God need to be surrounded by we, the image bearers of God. We are created to be in community. Well, well, think about it, right? If we're image bearers of God – and right. I've done a sermon on this, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> if we're image bearers of God, that means we reflect the nature of God. Mm -hmm. What is the nature of God? That he has always existed as the Trinity. Being, yeah. He is a communal being. He is three in one, the Father, the Spirit, and the Son coexisting eternally all the time yeah. in community, loving each other, one pouring love into the next, into the next, into the next. And so none of them ever go without. Right. God is perfectly fulfilled by his own love being poured into himself at all times. <laughs> and we are to exist in that same way that we're yeah. to be around yeah. other people being poured into and pouring into yes. the people around us fulfilled and being one with God. Yeah. Which – it's kind of interesting because Jesus kind of says all that, but you know, no big deal. <laughs> now, I think the second time that um, we find somebody alone, it's Jacob. Jacob's been away from home for twenty years now. He's married two wives. He's he's come back with a he bunch had a of rough blocks. go of it. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> did. And the reason he left home at all was because his brother was going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, but he was also kind of a jerk. <laughs> oh yeah, he deserved it. <laughs> so as he's coming back. 
He's sitting there and scripture says, and Jacob remained alone. And then a man came and wrestled with him, which I mean, think about that. How freaky is that? There is Jacob. He's sitting there. He's he's divided his family into two camps. There's there's the Leah camp and there's there's the Rachel camp. And he's taken gifts and basically bribes. And he's set them ahead of himself so that Esau will hopefully be appeased. And he's sitting there alone thinking about this. And up walks a guy and they start to wrestle. Man, that is not the way I have ever spent one of my evenings. I've never met a stranger and immediately fought them. <laughs> yeah, I can I can honestly say most people probably have a similar story. Probably, yeah. You know, and, and, most people. Unless you're WWE. <laughs> you're <then>. right. <laughs> Um, One time I'll have to tell you the story about how I injured Al Snow. <laughs> have I ever told you this? No. Oh, he's he's a professional rep. We'll go there sometime. Okay. It's a great, it's a great okay. story. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know, if you want to know more you. about that story, please send us questions at Salty Saints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll let you do a solo episode on that. <laughs> We're never coming back around to that. Oh, man. I, I hope, hope people just wonder about it forever. So anyways. Uh, so anyway, Jacob is alone. He wrestles uh, <laughs> this man that ends up being God. Yes. And, and he says, uh, uh, I won't let you go. God touches him in the hip and Jacob walks lame for the rest of his life. And uh, but Jacob grabs a hold of him and says, I'm not going to let you go. And finally, God says, uh, uh, okay, what do you want? And he says, I want a blessing. He says, okay, here's your blessing. You have been named Jacob. Jacob means the deceiver. Uh, yeah. You want to change your name? Which to is who he's been. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, 100%. God says, I'm going to change your name to Israel. you wrestled with God. Yeah. You wrestled with God. And Jacob says, good enough for me. That's great. So, so this is a question. Sorry, and I I don't know if you have this answer, but is it is it like perfect form? Like I've always heard it as he who wrestles with, or is it you wrestled past tense? Yeah, the problem with Hebrew names is they sound like they don't always have the exact same root. Um, this one very much sounds like the one who wrestles with God. But yeah, it would be he who wrestles with God. It, it, uh, the reason I ask that is I think it's kind of significant for like for us today because we wrestle with God like a, as as the children of Israel, you know, because we are we are we are the children of Israel. We're yeah. the adopted sons of Israel. Right. Like that, that we do still wrestle with God. Oh, yeah. Daily. I don't know. I just think and that's not a, necessarily bad. No, it's not. It's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it shows that we care enough to try to understand God, which I would honestly, I'd like you to kind of hash this out a little bit because honestly, it's one of the weirdest stories in the Bible to me. The wrestling. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I can't. Well, I totally wish I understood it. <laughs> like, why? Why did God wrestle him? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was looking at that. Uh, we also do a daily podcast, and this week uh, we dealt with 
Genesis chapter, what is that? Uh, Genesis chapter 32. Mm -hmm. And I went over it and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get a hold of this. I'm going to understand it. I read several commentaries. I don't understand anymore (laughs) than I did when I started. It's tough to understand. I'm not sure why God wrestles Jacob. The fact is he does. And after he does, he says, here is your blessing. I'm going to change your name to your wrestle with God. And after that, Jacob is a pretty straightforward guy. He doesn't deceive people anymore. And in fact, he is fairly passive. I think the pendulum swung maybe too much the other way. Hmm. So Jacob or Israel now just kind of sits in the background and lets life happen around Mm -hmm. him. And I don't think that's a good thing either. Right. But he definitely changed from that. Gung-ho, deceiver, yeah, I'm going to take my life and make something of it. Yeah. Uh, All of that changes. So he gives him his blessing. He does. He does. And then how does that fit into loneliness? Well, it's just the fact that Jacob had to be alone for him to be able to wrestle with God. Okay. Uh, so it was in the loneliness that it's Jacob in the encountered loneliness God. That he encounters God. Yeah, and, and I mean, is that the message of the story? That it's and it may be it's figurative in a yeah. way that yeah. that just as Jacob wrestled with God in his loneliness, when we, I mean, that's what Jesus did in the garden, kind of. You know, like he's wrestling with yeah. with the reality that God is setting before him of like you've got to go die on this cross. And Jesus chose to be alone to ponder that and to pray and to like be with God. It's funny that you mentioned that three times in the New Testament. Uh in three of the testaments, the one that I don't think mentions it is Luke. It says, and the disciples abandoned him. Mm. They all ran away. It makes a point of Jesus's loneliness. Mm. They left. They ran away. They hid. So Jesus was alone. So he can he can level with us even in that. You know. Well, he understands it. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the next times loneliness occurs, uh, it is Exodus chapter eighteen. Moses is leading the people out of Israel, and he's he's with his father-in-law, actually, Jethro. And Jethro comes out, the father-in-law Moses, saw that he was doing for the people, and he said, what's this thing that you're doing for the people? Why are you sitting alone, and all the people are standing by you from morning until evening? So there's a case where Moses, he's surrounded by people. In fact, he's overwhelmed by people. And his father-in-law says, dude, you're alone. You're trying to do this alone. You know what, though? I see I, – I think that's always how I've pictured Moses. Like it always feels like it's Moses over here with God and then everybody else. And it always feels like he's kind of just this mediator between God and everyone else. And I've got to imagine that is lonely. Yeah. You know, to just feel like you are just constantly – like God's the only person that gets you. Yeah. You know, but I think he knew at least that, that God, God understood. Yeah. 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 And in this case, what Moses' father-in-law does is he says, listen, guy, do this, find captains over thousands and captains over hundreds and 
appoint judges. You talk to the judges. You have the judges go out and decide the cases with the people. Mm. So he says, basically, make yourself a team. Surround yourself with a team. Shared leadership. Uh (laughs) Don't try to do it alone. Doing it alone will kill you eventually. So, yeah, there's that. Cool. Elijah. Elijah. Is that the one that you had? No, it is that, not. Oh, great. Good, good, good. Okay. So Elijah, First uh, Kings 18, when he challenges the prophets of Baal, there were like 450 prophets of Baal and 400 priestesses of Ashtoreth. They're only mentioned in one verse. And after that, it just talks about the prophets of Baal. But there was more than 450. There's 800 800 plus that he's gone up against. And when he goes up against them, he says, I alone am left a prophet of Yahweh, but the prophets of Baal are 450 men. So Elijah talks about being alone. And we know that story goes. He, He defeats the prophets of Baal. Well, God <laughs> answers Elijah's prayer, mm-hmm. and Baal does nothing yeah. for the prayers they of have the prophets of Baal. The ancient showdown. Right. <laughs> so, so God answers Elijah's prayer. And then Jezebel says, I'm going to kill him. And Elijah hears about it, and he takes off running. He runs... And he hides in the wilderness. He hides in a cave. And the Lord brings him food. He eats. And the Lord says, lay down and sleep. And he takes a nap. He wakes up and the Lord gives him food again. And he says, sleep some more. He wakes up. Then the Lord says, okay, go off. Go to a mountain. Elijah does. And the Lord comes to Elijah and says, so what's up? And Elijah says, I've been very zealous for Yahweh, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. They've demolished your elders, elders. They've killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. The Lord says, come here to the mouth of the cave. Elijah goes to the mouth of the cave. There's an earthquake. And scripture says, and the Lord was not found in the earthquake. Now, why would it say that? Because in the book of Exodus, on Mount Sinai, there's this horrible earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God speaks in the earthquake. Then uh, a great wind comes, great storm. And it says God was not in the storm. Like in Exodus. Just like in Exodus. Dude, you're on blowing Mount my Sinai. mind. I've never thought of this. Then uh, there's a fire. The burning bush. Just like in Exodus. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> and God was not in the fire. And then there's a still, small voice. And the still, small voice says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah, again, he repeats the very same thing. I've been zealous. Israel's forsaken your covenant. They've demolished your altars. They've killed your prophets. I alone and left. And the still small voice says, there's still 700 prophets that side with you. Go lead them. 
and Elijah does. And that's kind of the start then of the schools of the prophets. It's the return of the Jedi. It's the return of the Jedi. It is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. But here's Elijah who he's alone and he stands up and he confronts over 800 people and he wins. And then Jezebel, the queen says, I'm going to kill him. And he runs. Now, he felt lonely when Jezebel said, I'm going to kill him. And he acted accordingly. So what did he do? He isolated himself. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do when we feel lonely, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. We, we make it worse because we stop talking to people. Okay, we'll come back to that. Um, Jesus. Jesus tells a parable. Man has a hundred sheep. One gets lost. The one is alone. Yeah. So what does Jesus do? He leaves the 99 alone in the desert. And he goes and he finds the one that was lost. He goes and finds the lonely one. That's awesome. I love, I've always loved that, that image. Cause like you think about sheep and they're so dumb and they're so defenseless. Yeah. And I cannot imagine what it would be like. Actually, I can because I'm kind of like a sheep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To be out in the middle of the wilderness alone as a sheep, this defenseless, stupid thing. Yeah. But to know God of the universe. Yeah. Is he's coming after you. Like he he is. He's he's not going to let you be there. He's hunting you down. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I mean, is that to say that so often when we're lonely, that so often when we're alone, do we, are we really alone or is it that we forget that God is right there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's worth coming back to. That, that, that is one of the key points, I think, of what scripture says. That's what I got. That's what I got. Those are the stories I looked at. Okay. Those were the uses of the word alone. So, so I thought of Job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Dude didn't do anything wrong. No. He's just a guy. He was doing everything right. He's a faithful man. He's a good man. Yeah. And one day, Satan, the adversary, says, you know, the only reason he loves you, God, is because you give him everything. And so God says, no. Says he he loves me because he's a good man, you know, like. He loves me. He says, you can take anything you want from him, but don't kill him. And Satan does. Takes everything from him. Everything. Everything. He kills Job's entire family. Yep. He takes all of his livestock, all of his money, all of his possessions. Yep. Everything's yep. gone. Everything's yep. gone. He yep. gets covered from head to toe in Except hives. his wife. Satan doesn't touch his wife. His wife's alive? Then his wife leaves. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because yeah. she's gone too by the end of the story. Oh, she yeah. is. Yeah. It's been a while. But his friends come <laughs> and they suck. <laughs> they, are, they are not cool. Yeah, friends yeah. in quotations, right? Right. And so, I mean, like, even though he's got his friends, it's like 
they're no friends at all. Like they, they're looking at Job and they're like, oh, they what, accuse him. what have you done wrong? Yeah. Why yeah. would God curse you that's, like that's this? That's immediately where they go. You God know? has cursed you. You know, you need to repent of what? Well, I don't know, but I, you need to repent. <laughs> I could totally hear that conversation happening today too. Oh, sure. Like, you know, yeah. like even in Christian circles, I could see people, we, we kind of do that. You know, when people's lives are down on their luck, you know, oh, I wonder what they did to get there. God would bless you if you were doing the right things. You hear stuff like that, oh, you know? Oh, my goodness, and, you ever. And it's not good and it's not right. And we see that among Job's, you know, supposed friends. And he is so alone and yeah. lost and he doesn't understand. And he just keeps asking God, will you give me an answer? Please give me an answer. What I love about Job is he's the king of sarcasm. Oh, he's super he sarcastic. so snarky. He's very snarky. So I'm looking for one of the chapters. He starts off by saying, uh, oh boy. <laughs> how you've helped the powerless, how you've saved the weak, how you've enlightened my stupidity. What wise advice you've offered. <laughs> oh, to his friends. <laughs> to his friends, yeah. yeah. But one of the times, oh, he has he has this great saying. Um, yeah, I'm not going to find it. Uh, he, he basically says, surely you are the people. And when you die, wisdom will die with you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to find this. Oh, my gosh. It, like, it just goes on for verse after. Oh, no, sorry. I've gone too far. It goes on for verse after verse. Job eventually looks to God. Yeah. And he curses the day that he was born. He never, he never blames God. Right. He never gets, right. he never like condemns God, but he does say that he wishes he was never born. Right. And that's where God draws the line. My goodness. Something just occurred to me. I have a, I have a very strong opinion about the book of Job. I think what the issue was, the reason Job curse the day that he was born is not because of what happened to him. It's not because of what he lost. It's because he stopped hearing from God. Because if you look through his speeches in all but two of his speeches, he says, I just want to talk to God face to face. Yeah. Let him come and answer me. I just want to hear him at the end of the book of Job. When God answers Job, God's answer yes. is pretty destructive. He, yeah. He doesn't brutal. say, here's why I did it. He just says, who are you to question me? Right. And when Job hears it, he says, I've heard God. I have now heard God. That's what I was looking ah, for. Pause. He says, I had heard you, but yeah. now I have seen you. Yeah. So right, it's right. he he'd known of God yeah. and he'd known of the ways of God, but now he had seen God, God move in up. his life. Yeah. But but the interesting thing to me about all that is he never gets an answer. 
Job never gets a straight answer. Not the answer that he was looking for. No, his answer is shut up and trust me. <laughs> I know, I know that you're upset and I understand that you don't get it, but you don't need to get it. You don't need to understand. You just need to trust the one who does understand. So was Job's basic problem that he now felt lonely? And when God shows up, God's there and he's no longer lonely. And maybe that is it. Maybe that is it. You know, he's heard of God. He's but heard did, of God. But did God. he have a relationship with him? But now he's heard God. Well, he made sacrifices. He offered he sacrifices. Did, he did make sacrifices. But Anytime in the Old Testament, we're wondering, you're constantly wondering, did they really have a relationship with God? But here's a case where at least at the end, Job says, now I've seen you. Now I've heard you. Right. Now I've got that relationship. But, and, and you know, like, in a way, God is, God is mad. Well, I don't know mad. He He's putting Job in his place because he's saying, mm -hmm. look, you're nobody. I'm everything. Stop. Stop being mad. Stop. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, he gives Job exactly what Job needs. It's like, yeah. it's like the, the anger and the, you know, I, I love he starts it out and he basically says, put on your big boy pants because we're going to have a little <laughs> talk. Like he that's does. literally how it's so what's you're he up your loins. Brace yourself like a man because I'm going to question you and you're going to answer me. Um, and that's where God starts there. And like that hard talk though is exactly what Job needs. That it reminds Job that God – like – Everything God talks about in that part isn't just like, oh, you've done this little thing and this little thing. Well, that's great. Like it's it's God talking about how great he himself is, yeah. right? He's not just doing it to like make Job feel bad. He's doing it to put things in perspective for Job. He's that's saying, have you ever hooked a, a dragon through the nose? <laughs> because I made that dragon. Have you ever – did you make the dinosaurs because I made the dinosaurs? Oh, that's right. You're afraid of them, aren't you? And, and like, did you hang the stars in the sky? Did you name them? Were you there when creation came about and all the angels shouted for joy? Oh, that's right. You weren't there. And it's like that over yeah. and over. Yeah. And what he's saying at the end of the day is you can trust me because I am all those things. Yeah. And I've been nothing but for you forever. And now something bad's happening and I understand you don't get that and I know it's got to be hard. But at the same time, I'm no less God right now than I was when everything was good. Oh, that's great. You that's know what a, I mean? That's a great point. Yeah. And like I think that's the takeaway from Job. And here's what – here's the really interesting part that I wanted to focus on is after all that, like you said, Job says, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'll shut up. Yep. You're God. I'd already, I've always heard you. I'd heard about you, but now I've seen you. Now I know yeah. you. I get it. And then God looks at Job's friends and he condemns them. Oh, yeah. Because they represented him poorly. And it honestly makes you wonder would this whole thing have gone differently had his friends represented God as God wanted them to? Had, had they gone to Job and said, Job, you're right. This is wrong. This is horrible that this has happened, but God's still good. And and we're sorry this has happened to you. And and had they been that empathetic here, had they been that loving here, would it have ever pushed Job to that point? 
would he have ever had to have that verbal beat down from God? Like God is mad at, at Job's friends because they weren't there for Job. And so he makes them go and apologize to Job. And they have to take burnt offerings to Job. And then Job has to forgive them. He has or he has to pray for them and yep. make the offerings for them. That's right. But then it says, and after Job forgave them, God blessed him. Interesting. Interesting. That's interesting oh to goodness. me, right? And so here's my question is when we're lonely, we we distance ourselves and we can get grumpy and we can hold grudges. And we can be mad at God and we can be mad at the world and we can be mad at other people. But Job's blessing doesn't return until Job recognizes the goodness of God, even in the midst of suffering. And when he looks at the people around him and he looks at himself and he can forgive himself and he can forgive the people around him, that is when the blessing returns. Is it similar for us? That's fantastic. That, yeah. that, that's how we seek God through forgiveness and love and compassion for the people around us and for recognizing God and who he is. And that's not to condemn anybody feeling. I'm not saying if you're lonely, it's your fault. I'm saying if you're lonely, seek to understand the people around you. Seek to love the people around you. Seek to understand and love God. I uh, kind of looked at everything and uh, – wanted to end up just where we're at right now. Um, so what do we do about all of this? Well, I think the answer, well, more, so, the answer, more yeah. so than what do we do about it is God does not wish for you to be lonely. He yeah. does not want you yeah. to be lonely. Right. Just like he didn't want Adam to be lonely. Right. He said that was not good that, that was Adam was good. lonely. And just like he condemned Job's friends for not being the compassionate ear and the loving support that Job needed, we as the body of Christ, as God's people, are here to be there for those that are lonely. But the problem is, and this is why I broke it down to positional and mental, is that we often look at people that are like widowed or you know, not married or, um, I don't know, maybe they're just kind of social outcast kind of types. We look at those people and go, oh, they must be lonely. And then that's all we think about is the lonely. Yeah. But loneliness is an unseen thing. Right. And the only way to know if somebody's lonely is to be in a relationship with them to the point where you can get real with them and get to know you can them. can actually talk to them about this. Right. Yeah. And so it calls us to be there for the people around us in ways that we're often really bad at doing. Some of the realities that I, that I uh, saw in all this being alone is not in and of itself bad. No, it's a place to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And to recenter being lonely is bad, but yes. being lonely has nothing to do with the number of people that are around you. It can, it can, it can not having people around you can make you much lonelier. Sure. But you can be surrounded by people and still be lonely, just like David was. Right. And that's not good. I mean, looking at Job again, right? Like, God doesn't necessarily cut Job slack because Job was alone. Right. 
you know, his friends weren't there for him and, and, and God was mad at the friends for not being there for him. Right. But at the same time, he still expected Job to know that he wasn't alone because God was there for him. Right. Right. You know, right. so, right. so that expectation still remained with God. From Moses's story, I took away, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And, and that's physical help, but also uh, emotional help. Don't be afraid to sit down with somebody and say, hey, you know what? I am really lonely. Yeah. I mean, and there's another aspect of Moses' story that we didn't even get to is the fact that, I mean, he he literally walked away from his entire life. Yeah. And he went out into the middle of nowhere and he was received by people. Yeah. That loved God. Yeah. And and so Jethro in that story right. is a real picture of who we're to be. And he and he in the part you talked about, he was the words of wisdom yes. for Moses. Yeah. And so Jethro in that story is the friend. Jethro is the, the He's the friend that Job should have had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. From the story of Elijah. Eat, sleep, and listen. <laughs> Refresh. Recharge. Yeah, yeah recharge. Uh, don't 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 destroy your body. Don't don't uh, go without sleep. Don't have decent nutrition. Don't stay away from junk food. <laughs> and I think there's something else there too. Um, that like, so I mean, back in my college days, I was super super depressed. I mean, way depressed. I, drinking way too much, not living the way I was supposed to be living, and there was still part of me calling out for God. Yeah. 100%. You know, even though I, I kind of didn't want that, I, I did on some level. And I remember wanting God to break through and do something big. Like, give me a sign. Talk to me. Like, be there. Like, open up. Be there. And in the story of Elijah, he's not in the fire. He's not <laughs> in the earthquake. He's not in the wind. He's in the still small voice. Yeah. And yeah. isn't that the truth? Yeah. Like, I think when we're in that place, we want God to do something big. So we just know. Right. And he's there going, I'm not no, going to do that's that. Not, I'm, not, I'm not your puppet. But I'm here, <laughs> you know, and, and you know I'm here and let that be enough. And sometimes it's also, I'm not going to show myself to you in the ways that you have always seen me. I'm going to look for new ways for you to see me. Yeah. I mean, God's full of surprises all throughout yeah. scripture. Right. Why do we assume we know how he's going to operate? Exactly. Yeah. From the story of Job, you get forgive. You get recognize God for who he is. When you feel lonely, it's not God who's changed. God is the same. Yeah. Uh, identify God as God. Try to figure out what's changed about you. Um, the other thing that Job did he reached out to help others. It wasn't until he forgave his friends, till he made the offering for his friends, till he prayed for his friends that things started to change for himself. Yeah. So, okay, real quick, I'm curious. Can we go back through all those things? So if we start yeah. from there. So, you know, pray for pray for the people around you, even the people that hurt you, your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Yes. Know God, even in the midst of suffering. Right. Right. And then know yourself, know your own place and who right. you are. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, put good people around you. That's what we get from sure. Moses. Sure. Um, even when you're, you feel abandoned, there are right. going to be good people that are out there. You've just got to find them. Yeah. 
And then Elijah is, you know, take, take time to rest, yourself. take yeah. care of yourself, rest, eat well, and know that God doesn't always break through in the big ways, but he is there even in that still small voice in the back of your head. And that's the thing that <clears throat> underlies everything. God is still there. Yes. Even when we don't feel like God is there. And that's certainly Job. Yes. He didn't feel like God was there. Right. But he was. And at the end, that's kind of what God is saying. You know, I've been here all along. Uh, You didn't have to cry, whine about me not being there. I was here. I was here. Right. And, And the thing that I think is so cool about that is you take all those things we just said and then you plug them into the New Testament. And then what is the church? I mean, what what is the fellowship, the body of yeah. believers? That that God doesn't want us to be alone. God wants us to be one with one another. What is what is that prayer that Jesus prays? Let them be one and as let them be as you and I are one. Right. And and then let the he I don't know, he he does a lot of crossing over there where it's like, let sure. me be one with them and then be one with each other, just as I'm one with you and you're one with them, you know, like <laughs> but it's this interchange like interlocking idea that we are all just tangled up into one big body of believers. And so that's it. That that if we seek God, the way he wants us to do that in our lives is by being with other believers. Yeah. Even that, and that doesn't mean you know marriage like Adam. It doesn't have to be, right? right. No, Paul, no, no. Paul says maybe you're single your whole life. Great, and that's that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah. In, in fact, he says it's good. It's good because then you can glorify God. But what you never see in Scripture is a call for Christians to distance themselves from one another and be lone wolves. Exactly. Yeah. You always see a call back to the body. Always a call back to the fellowship, to the community. You had a thought. I did, and man, it is going right now. Oh, man. You're falling <laughs> apart, Randy. I am. I am. <laughs> it was based on the New Testament. It was uh... – oh, oh, that's what it was. Uh, so James says, pure religion and undefiled is this, to take care of widows and orphans. Why hmm. widows and orphans? Because they They're had lonely. no one to defend them. They were lonely, yeah. The widow has lost her husband. Uh, the orphan has lost his or her parents. Uh, there is no one there for them. So what James is saying is be there for the vulnerable. Be, be, be there for the lonely. So part of our call as a church is to reach out to the lonely. Identify the lonely. Do something about it. Yeah. And and recognize that you can go from being the king of the world or a man, a very wealthy man with a ton of kids and a beautiful wife to the person with nothing Yeah, all in a day. We yep. see it in David. We see it in Job. We see it in Elijah being the last prophet. We, You can go from being the guy to, to, to all alone. Nobody. In an instant. Yeah. And it happens to all of us so often. And so – that I think that's why God is trying to call us to to be there for one another is because we're going to need it eventually too, all of us. So look around. Who do you see that's lonely? And not do just and it. not just see. You got to talk to people, right? Like we exactly. said, like you got to know them. You got to know their hearts. You got to know yeah. their their hurt. And the only way to do that's to to be like 
in relationship with the people around you. Part of the part of the struggle, I think, in the age that we live in is social media. People portray themselves on social media as having the perfect life. Uh, always happy. They always take pictures of themselves when they're out eating the nicest food, when they're all dressed up. They don't show themselves struggling with loneliness, struggling with depression. If we don't talk to people, if we just take their Facebook page, uh, man, we don't know them at all. You know, like we, we talk about often here at New Hope, you know, we, we want to have relationships that go deeper than just the, hey, how are you? Right. Oh, pretty oh, good. Good. Awesome. Good. good, good. good. Okay. You know, like everybody says good or not bad or, yeah. oh, you know, not, yeah, it's all good. You know, like it, quick passing phrases. No, we got to dig a layer deeper than yeah. that. Start start breaking down those walls. Start letting down our own defenses and letting other people in. And I think that's the other half of this. Half of it is be on the lookout for other people to love them when they're lonely. But this is also a call to anyone that is lonely. Reach out. Yeah. Go seek the body of Christ. Seek other believers. Seek God's people. Seek God. Go to his word. Remind yourself. Because look, I've been lonely. I've been depressed. I've been down in the slums. And I know that it doesn't matter how much you read the Bible and how much you 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 read that God is for you. It feels like he's not. Right. And I get that. Yeah. But that's why we have to remind ourselves that he is, is because we cannot trust our feelings in those moments. That's the big thing about Job. Job, uh, God comes to Job at the end of the book of Job and says, Job, I didn't change. Right. I was there. I didn't change. Right. We just got to understand that. Yeah. Cool. I hope this helps somebody. I, I know that that it, this is just one of those things. It's like, you just got to keep saying it. Yeah. You just got to keep reminding yourself. You just got to keep reminding yourself that this is the truth and this is who we're supposed to be because the day's coming when we're going to be lonely. That's right. So let's be equipped. <laughs> but uh, we hope you guys uh, have been blessed by this. We hope that you, uh, you will write us any questions that you've got. Uh, if you want to check us out on Spotify or Apple, whatever, Apple Music, whatever, uh, give us a review. Give us a comment right into us. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your questions. We would like to answer them. Uh, we want to thank you guys for your continued support. You are the best. And we want to ask you to go check out lifeaudio.com and check out all of their podcasts. They got lots of them uh, for prayer and Bible study and, and family relationships, stuff like that. Uh, so go check them out. They're awesome partners. And until next time, stay salty. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.